Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you. You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited, so go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics in the entire world, communication. This topic, specifically assertive communication, communication that is boundaried, open, honest, direct, communication that creates securely attached, healthy, successful relationships. I am so passionate about people learning how to implement that kind of communication. Before we get into it, I want to remind you, in case you don't already know, we have an incredible online community. It is a Facebook group called Successful Women, Great Relationships. It's over 3,000 women in there. You're all on the same journey. It's people who understand where you're coming from. I have to say, I love seeing the support in there. And it's not just from me. It's not just from my team. It's women supporting women. 
So if you're looking for a community of women who are on the same growth path as you, maybe your friends aren't really getting your personal growth journey or not really understanding your personal development goals, this is the place for you. You can go to the link in my Instagram bio and join that way or just go into Facebook and search Successful Women Great Relationships. Would love to have you in there. All right. Before we talk about how to have great communication in relationships, I want to talk about what a lot of people do wrong or one of the biggest issues that I see in communication, aka how to have terrible relationships. Sometimes I think it's helpful to start there in understanding what patterns are harmful and then going into, well, how can we do it different? So the harmful communication pattern I wanted to talk about today is need reading. Try to say that seven times fast. Need reading. So this is essentially thinking that you can read your partner's mind or expecting your partner to read your mind around what your needs are. So many of us do this, and we don't even do it just in our romantic relationships. We do it with our family. We do it with our friends. We do it at work. We do it everywhere. And this is the idea that, yes, that we don't have to communicate our needs, right? And that somehow our partner, for the sake of this podcast, we'll talk about it in a romantic partnership perspective, but obviously it applies so many places, right? But we believe that, okay, we don't have to communicate our needs to our partner and that somehow magically they are just going to know what it is that we need. And I want to get to the core of kind of where this comes from and just talk about how hurtful it is. One of the things that happens is if we in childhood were unable to express our needs for whatever reason, maybe we were told that we were being too much or we're needy or just be seen and not heard. I know a lot of us got those messages or your parents simply were working 70-hour work weeks and just didn't have the time to really tune in to what your needs were, right? So for, for so many of us, we just never learned how to tune in with what we need and how to express it because there simply wasn't the space to do so, right? And I, this is where I always say you got to remember this line, our parents were doing the best that they could, and there's ways that they failed us, right? Your parents were doing the best that they could, and there's ways that they failed you. That is true for every single parent relationship out there or caregiver, not even biological, right? But caregivers always will have failed in some way. And of course, this is all on a spectrum. Some of us experience a lot more pain and rupture and relational trauma than others. But undoubtedly, there's always some way that you were failed as a child. And one of those ways could be 
that you didn't have space to express your needs. You never learned how to express your needs. And that doesn't, we have to sit with this truth that it doesn't make our parents bad people. It's simply the truth. They did the best they could and they failed. That is a really helpful, helpful sentence to internalize. So so we know it goes back to childhood. Like why, why does this happen, right? So we never had space. It also happens because we develop insecurities. We develop, you know, I'm, I'm too much or I'm not enough or no one will love me. And we start to associate needs with being a burden, being too much. We believe that our needs will hurt our relationships. We haven't internalized the truth that, hey, when we get good at expressing our needs, it actually makes our relationships easier and better, right? So there's so many beliefs about relationships, unhelpful beliefs that lead to people not being able to express their needs. Um. We also get into this trap of being so tuned in to other people, and maybe you are a highly sensitive person. You're an HSP. How many of you am I speaking to right now? I imagine quite a few of y'all listen to the podcast where you probably experienced some early childhood trauma, and in order to survive in your environment, you had to learn to be highly tuned in to the people in your life, and you spent a lot of time anticipating what was going to happen because maybe it wasn't communicated to you directly. And maybe you learned you had to be tuned in in order to avoid emotional abuse, right? Like classic example is the child of an alcoholic where they had to learn to be highly attuned to a parent's behavior to know okay, do I need to go to the other room? Do I need to get out of the way? Do I need to be quiet? So the child of the alcoholic has to learn to be highly attuned, right? And develops into an HSP, a highly sensitive person. So the reality is you may have experienced a childhood and upbringing where you learned to be highly attuned to others And you probably did learn how to do some need reading. So reading the needs of others, people pleasing as a survival mechanism. How many of you listening can resonate with that, right? Fear of abandonment being so strong that you had to learn how to people please and be tuned into other people in order in your mind to not be abandoned, right? And I just want to stop and just give you compassion for that, give myself compassion for that, and know the pain and the mental space and the energy and just how hard it is when you're operating that way. Um, And I do want you to know, hey, I'd love to help you if you want to work through that. The ESL program is an incredible tool to rewire your brain, to let go of people-pleasing, to learn how to show up as that securely attached, healthy version of you that can receive love. I would be honored to to help you with that journey. 
you can always apply to the program. That's the first step. And you can do that using the link in the show notes or the Instagram bio. So we go through these ways of being that at some point were helpful. So maybe it was being highly tuned in. You're an HSP. You're a people pleaser. At some point that was helpful to you. However, it's no longer serving you in your adult life. And maybe some of you in your relationships are still operating from a place of, you know, walking on eggshells, being highly tuned in, always guessing what your partner may want or may need. And the reality is, it is a much more effective strategy to learn how to ask because your energy will be better spent elsewhere. So being in that place of always trying to people please, guess your partner's needs, etc., you just have better places to put your energy and you don't deserve to be in that emotionally dysregulated, exhausted state of being at all times. Like that's that's the bottom line, right? Okay, so we talked about the origin of this. We talked about how maybe you never had an example growing up of how to express your needs. So you simply don't know what that looks like. You never had it modeled for you, never learned it. We also talked about that you might have been people-pleasing as a survival skill and you learned to become an HSP, highly sensitive person, And that's simply coping as you learn to really tune in and to anticipate the needs of others. And then obviously you become shocked when people don't do that for you, but we'll get to that. And then the other origin of need reading and um, being in that place is just really not having great beliefs about relationships. Like I have to take care of the other person. I I must be tuned into them or my needs don't matter. I'm not even aware of my needs. Why would I tune into my own needs, right? So that's some of the origin. And now I want to move into what do we do to do this differently? And we actually talked a little bit about emotional regulation in the last episode, which would be very helpful in supporting what I'm about to tell you, but I'm going to go into actual communication scripts for having a conversation with your partner. And I'm going to give you a couple different examples. We'll do one around like asking for help with chores around the house. And then we'll just do another one around feeling disconnected and wanting more connection and quality time with your partner. Are you ready? I'm excited. I love some good scripts. So of course, I don't have anything prepared, but we're just going to role play it together. I've got some ideas and it's going to be good. So you may want to take some notes. We'll see. Before we get into those examples, let's talk about why this, this is important. So we obviously have all these beliefs that are not helping us in relationships. And we have these old ways of being and ways that we learned how to be. Here's the truth about expressing your needs. You are not too much. 
in a healthy, securely attached relationship, both people deserve to express their needs. When you express your needs as individuals, you allow the relationship to improve. I want to rewind that for you. You allow the relationship to improve and realizing this very, very important truth. Are you ready? If you do not express your needs, they will not be known. If you do not express your needs, they will not be known. So what we have to realize is when we look at these truths and we're open and honest with ourselves, what are the ways that our partners are quote unquote failing us, but we're not realizing that I am actually, I I don't want to say responsible, but co-creating feels better, that I am actually co-creating this situation because my inability to express myself well so that I can be heard or my inability to even identify for myself what it is that I need, right? So I'm all about taking ownership, 100% ownership for your role in the relationship. And that's what we're helping you do. And like I said, now that we know why this is so important, and once again, the belief that you all deserve to have great relationships, not just okay relationships. I talk about this a lot. Anybody can go have an okay relationship, but I want to help you have a great relationship, a consciously connected, securely attached, thriving relationship, okay? So now that we got all of that out of the way, let's talk about these scenarios. Scenario number one, and this is where I'll kind of give you some scripts, okay? Scenario number one, you are in a relationship with someone for two and a half years, you live together, and the last six months, your partner has not been doing their share of the chores. And you know how this is. You got that resentment building up. Every time you notice the dishes are left in the sink, every time you notice they didn't clean off the mirror in the bathroom, they said they would vacuum and they didn't. They left their freaking laundry in the washing machine. You have got all this resentment built up over six months. What is the human sort of impulse? It is to berate your partner, right? Like in an unhealthy, toxic relationship, you're just going to save all that resentment up and you're going to toss it at that person at the most inopportune moment and let them know what they have done wrong. Ooh, we've been on we've been on the receiving end of that or dished it out. Not pleasant. So let's talk about what could you do instead. So number one, we we want to try, like notice I said six months, we want to try to identify needs as early as possible because we are so much better at being able to express a need if we do it when resentment has not built up, when we say, oh, I noticed something and then I realize, oh, I'm empowered to express a need around this, 
we're just so much more likely to navigate a conversation in a healthy way. So my tip to you is try to express your needs as soon as you can um, when you realize that they're there. But let's talk about a script or how you would go about this. So number one, you need to, I know I already said number one, but that was like a tip. Now we're going to move into the process, okay? So the first thing for for addressing this, you would want to invite your partner into a conversation. So I have this thing I teach inside of the ESL program called Dialogue. We go pretty in-depth in teaching it. But part of having a good dialogue is being willing to invite your partner to a conversation. So this looks something like, hey, you know, I realize there's something that I really feel like I need to talk with you about. And I think it'll be a really great conversation for our relationship. It's going to be helpful to us. When are you free to have a conversation? How about this evening after dinner during our walk? You know, just... Notice how it's an invitation and I'm also positioning it as, hey, I think it's going to be really helpful to us to talk about this because if you just say we need to talk, what is the underlying message? You're in trouble, right? Like we need to talk is like doomsday relationship speak. So you want to be able to position it and say, hey, I think this is going to be really great for us. I'd love to talk with you blank. So that's the invitation. And then obviously, let's say they agree, you're having the talk. Couples who are new to dialogue are going to prefer to do it while they're walking um, or they're doing something that, you know, maybe they're, um, I'm trying to think of other active things that you can do, but I find that like walking is good when you're new to this because it's a way to help you regulate your emotions while you're doing dialogue and you also don't have to look directly at each other. So then it allows you to kind of regulate yourself a bit more as you get more comfortable. Ideally, for these kinds of conversations, you want to be sitting down and you want to be looking at one another and making as much eye contact as possible. But like I said, for people who are new, probably not how you want to start out. So you're on the walk and you said, gosh, I really appreciate you making time for this. And you're going to start out the conversation as you as the sender of the information, meaning you are the one expressing yourself. And the goal is to use I statements. So like I said, you say something like, hey, thanks for making time for this. I think it's going to be really good for us. And I did want to talk with you about something. They say, okay, sure, go ahead. And you say, I have been feeling hurt. I've been feeling disappointed. You want to identify whatever emotions are there, but notice it's I feel. Um I feel hurt. I feel disappointed. I feel angry. I feel alone, right? Whatever's coming up. Um, When I notice that I am doing the majority of the chores. 
Now, you say the statement, you don't go on, you say one simple statement, and then elaborating on that, you might say something like, I've noticed I get really upset when the dishes are in the sink and I've asked you to take care of it and you're unable to. Now here's the next sentence. Are you ready, y'all? This is a great, great sentence to add here. The story I'm telling myself is that you don't value my needs, that I am not important to you. Now this would be plenty to say. What you would want next is you would want your partner to repeat back to you what they heard. And hopefully they would really be able to identify the emotions. This is what we call dialoguing, right? So they would say something like, I hear that you felt frustrated, that you felt disappointed. I can't remember what I said. I can't validate what what my person said. But hopefully they get really close to what emotion words were used. And then you'd want them to say something like, I hear you that you feel as though I do not value your needs. That would be a beautiful back and forth. Now, when couples have been in patterns of getting defensive, of stonewalling, of pointing who's the who's the bad guy, right? Like finger pointing, getting to that beautiful exchange that I just outlined takes time and it takes practice. And you have to very intentionally hold each other accountable to the I feel statements and to the person who is validating, who is the receiver, they have to really hold themselves accountable to only validating and not getting defensive. Notice how this was so important, this exchange, and that if there was to be any problem solving, this would have to come first. Because problem solving really is not helpful until some of the core emotions are addressed and both people feel heard. In this scenario, you would also switch. So you would have the other person be the sender and then the other person be the receiver. So you would have um, the guy, we'll just say, that's, that's stereotypical. In my relationship, I'm the one who leaves the dishes in the sink. So I mean, this is not gender. It it can be either way, right? But we'll just say it was the guy who's leaving the dishes in the sink. So then he would get to send and say, I feel completely overwhelmed at work, let's say. I, I feel unable to perform tasks, right? I feel sad. I'm disappointing you. We want to, once again, get into the feeling words. Maybe he says, the story I'm telling myself is that you don't care that I'm feeling overwhelmed. Right? I, you know, so this is why these conversations are so important. And I love working with couples because when we really get good at getting to the core of things, it's usually surprising Because you have people who are making assumptions about each other. 
And the truth is often different than the stories that each each individual has made up in their heads. Okay. So now that was our first scenario. I want to talk through another one just to give you another example. Let's say this is early dating, okay? And we've got um, early dating, like, let's say, I don't know, two months in, and it's going well, and you've spent time together, Uh, maybe you've even like gone on a trip together, but it's going really well. And let's just say that the woman is feeling disconnected, that she's noticed all of a sudden that they're not spending as much time or he's not calling her, not texting, and she's feeling disconnected. What would she do? So first off, once again, the invitation. And I want to just really, really take it home to you that, hey, this doesn't have to be scary. These kinds of conversations should be normal. They should be part of your relationship culture. I have older episodes talking about relationship culture. Um, you should look forward to these kinds of conversations. If we want to have great relationships, we have to be willing to be vulnerable and to have these kinds of conversations. And yes, it might feel scary and horrible in the beginning, but it will get easier It's going to help you significantly if you can learn how to position it in a way that does not invoke fear of any kind, whether it's with yourself or your partner. So once again, um, how you position and present this invitation actually matters. So let's say you are feeling disconnected and you're wanting to initiate this conversation. You might say something like, hey, you know, I have enjoyed getting to know you. I think things have been going really well. There's a couple of things that I think could really help our relationship. I wonder if you'd be open to having a conversation about it. When would be a good time? You can actually say that. I think think so many, especially women, I think we have this belief of, oh, I don't want to be too much, right? Like my anxiously attached folks, I don't want to be too much, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and I'm saying like, like that, I, that was me, obviously. So I totally get it. Right. But in order to embody secure attachment, make the changes, et cetera, you have to start doing things differently. And part of that means communicating. So you do the invitation, you position it in that way of, Hey, yeah, just some things I want to check in with you about. Um, And then ideally, you want to have these conversations in person. Sometimes when you're new to dating, you'll be tempted to do it via text. Don't. Worst case scenario, do it via a phone call. I mean that. Please don't have these conversations via text. Not good for you. Not good for you to send paragraphs and then be waiting up at night and you never get that text back because the other person's overwhelmed at least in person, you can read their facial cues. You can be present with them. There's just a whole different element of communication. So try to do it in person. Worst case scenario, phone call, at least you could hear their voice, but please, please don't do it via text. I should have said that at the beginning. None of these conversations can be had via text. Okay. So you have the invitation. 
you and uh, the guy you've been seeing, you get together. And how would you express these needs? So you'd say, hey, thanks so much. You know, I'm so glad we get to spend this time together. And thanks for being open to a conversation. I am looking forward to talking with you. There's just a couple things I have noticed, right? Then you would say something like, I've been feeling a bit disconnected from you when we don't talk for three or more days at a time. I've noticed the story I'm telling myself is that you're just not that interested in me. Wow, right? Like that's so brave. It's vulnerable, but it has to be said in order to move through, right? And you want a partner that says, that's able to validate and say something like, hey, thank you for sharing that. I hear that you feel disconnected, that when we don't talk, that you may feel that I'm not interested in you, right? And then you would want to switch roles and you would want to allow them to express where they're at. And sometimes this takes you being curious. So you might even have to say something like, hey, you know, I've expressed where I'm at. I was super vulnerable with you. And if you're open to it, I would love to just hear from you and how you're feeling. Can you tell me where you're at? And then they would say something like, I've been feeling overwhelmed or, you know, both times I'm using that example. Maybe they say, you know, to be honest with you, I've actually been feeling a bit scared. I find myself really enjoying your company and I'm aware that the story I'm telling myself is that this relationship could end just like my last relationship, right? That's a super vulnerable share. You may or may not um, have someone who's willing to do that. But when we open ourselves up to these kinds of conversations, I just want to say this, like there is so much opportunity for healing, for depth, for growth. It's such a beautiful gift. It really, 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 truly is. So um, once you and your partner had gone through the emotions part of this, then you would get to a problem solving part. And it may be something like, well, hey, since, you know, we both agree, we like each other, we want to keep getting to know each other. What could that look like? Like, what, what do we feel like we need? What do I feel like I need? What do you feel like you need? And you may have um, one saying, well, hey, you know, I realize if we have a phone call like twice a week or three times a week, I feel like that would help me feel more connected to you. And he says, great. I hear you on that. I can guarantee twice a week based on where I'm at right now and potentially three times. um, I will let you know that I think at least one date night a week would be great. I'm just showing you an example of people going back and forth. Like the beautiful thing is you find a compromise. It's out in the open. You have an understanding of what people's capacity is, what they're able to do. And then you develop an agreement around it. Okay. 
man, I do love this stuff. I love communication and working with couples. It's is so life-changing. When I have worked with couples in the past and seen just the transformation that these tools bring, it's amazing. So I hope the example piece was helpful. I think it will be because you guys always let me know like, hey, like put this in an example. So I hope that was helpful. I hope you got some value out of this episode. The takeaway that I want you to have is be willing to be vulnerable, right? Of course, it's the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast, but really, truly be willing to be vulnerable. People cannot read your mind. And you should not have to read other people's minds either. You also deserve to have relationships where people will tell you what they need and you don't have to be guessing what it is. All right, y'all, of course, if this resonated with you, if you're ready to do the work, you want to become securely attached, of course, I want to personally invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. I will say this communication work will not stick. It won't like really truly resonate with you where you've internalized it. That really won't happen until you have done deep identity work. You've done the internal work. So it's great to have tools. It's great to learn these frameworks, but you have to do the identity work and the inner work, the belief work that supports you becoming the kind of person where this communication is second nature instead of someone who knows how to do this but hasn't become the version of you that does it effortlessly. So one is a band-aid, something to experiment with, and another is true transformation. So I want to invite you, if you know, like, hey, I need to really work on this. This is a great time to apply to the program, and I'd be honored to coach you. The link is in the show notes or my Instagram bio. Make sure you apply because we have limited spots here as we're heading into the holidays. All right, y'all. Hope you love this episode. I appreciate you. And of course, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. We'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.